name together. What is his name this morning? Oh, shout Jesus. How many love him today? Clap your hands and praise him as the Bible says. Amen, amen. Somebody shout praise the Lord. The book of Luke chapter 5 and the book of John chapter 21. Luke chapter 5 and John 21. We're going to start with Luke. End up in John 21. Amen. So good to see everybody this morning. Such a touch of the Lord that's here today. And uh, I'm very excited about a fast that starts tomorrow. And uh, <clears throat> I fear to be an awkward response, I guess, in the building. But we need to separate ourselves for a period of time. Our minds and our spirit can become very cloudy with, with a community. Accumulated bad habits, bad information. And uh, the Bible talks about a solemn assembly and calling a fast for a group of people. Joel speaks about that. And uh, it'd be best if during the fast you separated from pleasure food and, and uh, sugar and all that stuff for a period of time to get yourself under control. Because it's have to have spiritual authority if you don't have authority over your flesh. And as someone once made a statement that we don't, we don't eat what we crave, we actually crave what we eat. Whatever you start eating, that's what you start craving. And when you separate it, sugar, for instance, takes about five days separated from that until you lose your desire for it, really. And next thing you know, you don't, you don't want the Twinkies and the Debbie Cakes and Oreos at midnight your body listen your body will start saying you don't need that you'll lose the crave for it if you separate now five days ain't going to be fun you look at a bag of sugar and your, water, your mouth starts watering look at your neighbor and say loosen up you know he's telling the truth You watch news every single day, then you think you need all that bad news in your system. But when you separate from it for a while, you, you don't even think about it. Facebook, Instagram, when you separate from it, you think, I can't believe I spent so much time on that. I don't even want to be on it. I mean, what I'm talking about. Fasting puts things in perspective, and what will happen is you'll begin to desire the things that God wants you to desire. Jesus said, when those Pharisees were complaining that the disciples weren't fasting. He said, they don't need to fast. I'm with them. He said, but there will come a day that they have to fast. We're in that day. We have to fast. And the first of the year, setting the stage for the rest of the year, we need to get a hold of ourselves. Amen. Get control. I don't want anything controlling me. Well, I have to have this. No, you need to, you need to be in control of your passions and your desires. Amen. The book of Luke chapter 5, and it came to pass, verse 1, that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and 
he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Watch what happens. And Simon answered, said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night and have, we didn't catch anything. We caught nothing. We took nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. They beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. That's quite a catch. The nets are breaking. The ships are sinking. That's a lot of big fish. Watch what happens. And so, and it says, and when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. What you've done for me, I'm not worthy. He's fished long enough to know that this was a miracle. And he realized in the holiness of God that he was master. He said, I'm not worthy. For he was astonished. Watch. And all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. You can be seated because your legs are tired. I'm not done reading, okay? Fear not from henceforth. He said, I understand your career is fishing, but from this moment on, you're going to catch men. Another verse says that he told them, he said, I will make you what? Fishers of men. John 21. Let's read there. John chapter 21. This is after the cross. The story I read to you was before the cross. This was Jesus' initial uh, introduction to Simon. But what I'm going to read to you now is one of the last visitations with Simon. This is after the cross. Simon Peter's already denied the Lord three times. Matter of fact, you'll find this is the third visitation after Jesus resurrected from the grave. John 21 says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself, or this is how it unfolded. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee, watch this, James and John are with him, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Does it sound familiar? They go fishing again, and they didn't catch anything. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. So all night, they toiled again all night, fished all night. And uh, when they came in in the morning time, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. 
Why? Because they're about 300 yards away. They see a man standing there. They can't physically see him at the distance that they are. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, children, have you any meat? One translation would say something like this. Hey, I've done this exact thing when I'm fishing. Somebody's just hollering distance away. Hey, are you catching anything? That's just familiar language to me. Hey, did you get anything? Hey. And somebody, you know, don't want to scream back at me, hold up three fingers. Caught three. I'll just stay fishing right where I am. <laughs> hey, did you catch anything? They answered him, no. And he said unto them, cast the net. I'm screaming at you, aren't I? Just act like you're Simon Peter and James and John and Nathaniel. All right, just, just be that. Be in the boat for a moment. Hey! Cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find. Not the first time they heard that. Sound familiar? Oh, and they did. And look what it says. They cast therefore and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Sound familiar? Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, speaking of John, who's writing the story, said unto Peter, it is the Lord. It almost appears that what he's saying is, nothing's changed from when he called you until now, even though you've denied him. The voice is the same, the call is the same, and the result is the same. The only thing that changed in the middle was you. You felt unworthy then, and the reason you went fishing again is because you felt unworthy to fulfill what God called you to do because you denied him. Amen. Do you know when Jesus called them in the initial story, when Jesus called them in the initial story, he told them, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I've done this. I've showed you that this, I am the Lord. And But what has happened now, and, and Simon Peter fell down and said, God, Go from me. I'm not worthy. You don't know me. You, you're calling the wrong guy. You're blessing the wrong guy. How many's ever felt that way? Oh, you, why are you showing up? You, you need to go talk to John. James is a better guy than I am. But you know what? There was something inside of Jesus that he didn't want just John or James. He wanted Simon Peter. He came to him for a reason. I'm going to tell you right now, whether you're watching the line, you're here today. God called you because he wanted you. It didn't matter your past. It didn't matter your hang-up. He wants you. He called your name. He said your name because he wants you. He's got a specific purpose for you. He doesn't want anybody else to do what he called you to do. Amen, I'm preaching to somebody. He's not wanting somebody else. Don't you step back, pick up your career to go do something else because you don't feel holy enough, worthy enough, or good enough. I come to tell you, if he called you to catch men, you need to catch men. You need to be a fisher of men. You need to be a sower. You need to be the preacher. You need to be the missionary. He's called you. Somebody shout, he called me. So it's interesting because two different fishing moments and one's at Gennesaret and one's at Tiberias and, and uh, two different places, but yet the same Lord, same God. I think it's an amazing story, really, because uh, 
in both places, you find that when Jesus showed up, they were empty. They worked hard. They caught nothing. I really do believe that God has a way of showing up when things aren't working out. And I think sometimes he shows up when things aren't working out because he wants you to know that he has something better than what you're doing. He's got something better. He's got something out. If he let everything work out in your world, you'd never want to do what he wanted you to do. So I think sometimes he lets you be empty-handed. He lets the job start wavering. He lets the money sort of halt back. Maybe he, why? Because he wants you to understand that what he has for your life is more than bill pay and having things. He has a purpose for you and what matters in eternity is not, is not where you live or what you have. He's got something much better. He's got something more satisfying. He's got something that will cause you to feel fulfilled. Just hang on. I know I haven't given a title. I'll give it a moment. But, but watch this. You find that one of the times in his teaching moments in John 4, he sent his disciples grocery shopping and uh, uh, because he knew they would not approve it's dangerous to send men grocery shopping. I mean, no, that's the truth. Amen. I don't know how it is. I always come back with a box of cereal. I don't know. It just. Anybody else? Four of you. One time my wife said, You got everything but what's on the list. I said, I was hungry. <laughs> now, I know a bunch of men can relate with that. Can I? Yeah, five ribeyes. John 4 says it this way. John 4, he sent his disciples grocery shopping because he knew they wouldn't approve of who he's trying to catch as a fisherman. He's a fisherman. He is trying to catch somebody. Jesus is witnessing to a woman at the well, a woman of ill repute, they say, a woman that wasn't right, a woman that hadn't lived a moral life, and Jesus is witnessing to her and offering her the well of living water, and he knew the disciples would hinder him from catching her. Amen. You let the Lord catch who he wants to catch. Praise God. He knows how to clean them up once he gets them in the boat. He is fishing and he's catching this woman at the well. He sends them grocery shopping. They, they come back and, and, and uh, uh, in John 4, in John 4 you'll see verse 31 says, in the meanwhile his disciples prayed him saying, Master, eat. They, they come back and brought the groceries and but he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Everybody say, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, hath any brought him? Ought to, does somebody else bring him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. He said, I have something that satisfies me beyond the grocery dinner. I've got something that satisfies me that's beyond some career. He said, I eat meat that really does satisfy me. And hear me, there will be a moment in every one of your lives that the job and the family and nothing else will satisfy because the only thing that will satisfy the soul is to do the will of him that has sent you. You can take a preacher and his wife that have absolutely hardly any materialistic value and they can be absolutely fulfilled and satisfied. Why? Because they're eating the meat of the Lord. They're doing the will of him that has sent them. Amen. 
amen, missionary called to some country in Africa and they give their whole life there. They give up their holidays and family visitations and all the things that we value in America, all the good food that we know, live in some juggle to minister. Why are they satisfied? They're not satisfied with stuff. They're satisfied with the meat that comes from God. And hear me, that's why Jesus showed up at a boat and he looks at them and they've toiled on height and he lets them catch so many fish in his initial introduction to Simon Peter, James and John and he he tells them to go out in the deep, cast the net over and when when they do, they get so many fish, they break the net. They had to get James and John involved, the partners of the boat involved and they get all the fish in and and Simon Peter feels unworthy and, and what he's saying is I could bless your career I could just be the God that blesses what you want to do but I've got something better I've got something that Zebedee can never give you James and John they were the sons of the wealthiest fishermen around. That's what history tells us. They were sons of a, they would have inherited all this wealth. But he said, I've got something that I want you to do. And you listen to this preacher. Money will never satisfy you permanently. Do you know there was a man one time, he was so poor that all he had was money. There's more to life than stuff and money. Let me tell you something. But when you walk into that place that God has designed you for, that your personality matches, amen, you're beautifully and you're wonderfully made, not just to live the American dream, but to fulfill his will on this earth. Do you believe that there's a kingdom that God has designed you for? Amen. Somebody say amen. So watch this. John 21 when Simon Peter, who's walked with the Lord, who's been anointed of God, who's ministered with the Lord, who's been prophesied he's gonna have the keys to the kingdom, all these amazing things that he gets with the relationship with God. And one day the Lord shows up uh, prior to his crucifixion and he tells him, I mean, matter of fact, one day that Simon Peter was so bold about being with the Lord forever, he said, it's not long that they're gonna take me away and, and I'm gonna die. They're going to take my life. And Simon Peter rebuked the Lord. He said, Lord, be it far from you. How many remember that? Of course, the Lord rebuked him stronger. When he turned around, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. (laughs) I don't know how you'd feel, but Jesus called me the devil. I think I'd be a little bit concerned. Why? Because Simon Peter loved him. Matter of fact, in one scripture, he tells, he tells them, he said, he said, if you'll give, he said, it'll come back to you a hundred times in this life and a hundred times before. He, he said, Lord, but we've given all. We've given, God, I gave everything to follow you. He said, oh, Simon Peter, the Lord's gonna bless you in this life and the life to come. Can you say amen to that? Simon Peter was like, always, I mean, he's the hyper kid in the class. Always has something to say. I mean, remember the moment when he said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ. The son of the head, great revelation of who he was. He walked with him close. Matter of fact, the Lord looked at him and said, Simon, get thee behind me. Why? Because he was trying to get him to stop his purpose, which was to die for our sins. Well, there was a moment that he said, you're going to deny me, Simon Peter said. Uh-uh. James might. 
Bartholomew might. Come on, isn't that what he said? They'll all deny you, but I'll never de deny you. He said, oh, Simon, you'll deny me three times before the cock crows. <laughs> Not me. I'd never do it. Who was it when they came and stole Jesus out of the garden? Who was it that pulled the sword out? Everybody shout Simon. Simon Peter pulled the sword out and cut Malchus's ear off. I've got news for you today. He was not trying to cut Malchus's ear off. He was trying to decapitate the guy. He was trying to kill him because he's taking his Lord. That is how strong of a relationship he had with Jesus. But Jesus saw something in him he could not see himself. As a matter of fact, he told Simon Peter, when thou art converted... He also said, Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail thee not. Simon, there's some things in your future. I've already called you. I've already showed you what I want you to be. I've already told you I'm going to give you the keys, but there are some roads you're going to have to go through. You're going to deny me, <laughs> not me. As soon as Jesus is taken out of the garden, Simon Peter finds himself sitting in the wrong circle with the wrong influences around him. The Bible says that Simon Peter followed the Lord afar off. He allowed Jesus to get out of distance. I'm going to stop here today. How close are you to him today? You've got calling. You've got destiny. You've got purpose. You've got prophecy over your life. But have you allowed the Lord to get out afar off? You see, how did the Lord get afar off? Just here a little and there a little. It was just one movie that had stuff in it. You, did, you, you, you knew in your heart you shouldn't have watched it. But you forgot about that movie because you overrode it because you'd already been so far into the movie that you couldn't turn it off because you was interested in the ending. And you knew it was unholy. And you knew it was unrighteous. But you had too much buy-in in the length of the movie to turn it off. It was... It was just a song and that you knew it didn't match the righteous life you're trying to live, but all of a sudden what you try to do is instead of turn that song, it's a classic. It's not long until just, just a little bit of the old world, the old life, the world God called you from begin to settle in. It's not long until it's in your ears and you're sitting among, you're sitting among people that hate him. Why are we entertaining our stuff, ourselves with people that hate God? I'm preaching to you. And we wonder why we can't feel God. We wonder why we don't feel close to God. It's because we are eating now what we're craving because we started craving, amen. We're, we, 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 are, we are because we started craving what we were eating. We knew it was wrong. It was distasteful. But we overrode our nature to allow things and it's not long till we're setting. The Bible says that he sat down among them. Everybody say, he sat down among them who was them crucify him crucify him that's the crowd that said crucify him that's the crowd that said uh, uh, let, let Barabbas go let's kill him the same crowd that hates him is who he's hanging out with it's amazing how many people get distant from God because of what they allow to influence their life and before it's over with he is embarrassed to be a part of him He's embarrassed to be a Christian. And somebody in the circle says, you know what? You're a follower of Christ. And he says, no, I'm not. Who would ever thought 
he would be ashamed of Jesus. So he's in another circle. Somebody says, oh, you're one of them. <laughs> what makes you think that? I'm not one. No, I'm not. Third time. Your speech betrays you. He jumped from, from circle to circle, but the circle's not getting any better. You know what I'm saying? It's still, it's still Jesus haters, you know. Be careful what circle's speaking into your life because a circle will cause you to deny what you've loved for so many years. And he gets over and he's in this and they say, your speech betrays you. And he stands up and starts cursing. He goes back to his old ways. One, one scripture alludes to that when he denied him the third time, that he could have looked up and seen Jesus hanging on the cross. I don't know how you'd feel. But you deny the Lord and you look up and the Lord's staring at you. And then the cock crows. And he ran and hid. Amazing is that he did exactly what the Lord knew he was going to do. And I think sometimes when we make mistakes, we feel so unworthy when the fact of the matter is the Lord knew it was going to happen before it ever happened. Why? Because when you had fallen in love with God, there were some things in you that had not changed yet. But just because the failure happened doesn't mean the merciful God is finished. Because when Jesus is, dies on the cross, they bury him in a tomb, and the stone rolls away and he comes in contact with, uh, with the ladies that came to see him. He said this to them, you go tell my disciples and Peter. He named him specifically that I'm risen. You go tell him I'm here. Praise God. And Jesus comes and enters in the chapter before I read in chapter 21. You'll find Jesus enters a, a place to see his disciples. And when he does, he just had fish. He just eaten some fish. And he comes in to see his disciples and Simon Peter would have been there. We call him Doubting Thomas. I call him Normal Thomas. Come on, how many's ever been there where you question things in your life? Any normal people in the building? Watch this. He walks in. Simon Peter has two visitations with the Lord prior to the one I'm gonna tell you. But on the third visitation, because Simon Peter is, has, has reverted back not only to, I'm just gonna be a, a fisherman, I'm not good enough to be a preacher. I'm not good enough to make to make to make uh, to be made a fisher of men. I've proven that I'm a failure. While the Lord saw me, I've, I've done. I'm not worthy. He goes back to the nature he was when he first met the Lord. Was Lord depart from me? I am a sinful. What? Everybody say a sinful man. Now I'm gonna help somebody right here. What do you do when you have somebody in your life that you love very much? that you care for very much, but they've denied the Lord. What do you do with somebody in your life, in your family, that you love very much, there's a, there's a call of God on their life, there's a touch of God on their life. What do you do with people you're trying to reach that have went wayward from God? Simon Peter had went away from the Lord. He denied him. He sat down the wrong people. Now he's hiding out somewhere. What do you do? I'm gonna tell you what you do. Everybody shout, wait. Everybody shout, just wait. Now, this is, there's this Ohio culture thing that they have. You know, uh, I have a southern accent, and y'all say some things different. Like, if you ask somebody to do something, you know, do you want to go to the store? If they don't want to, they're going to say, yeah, no, I'm not going to go to the store. In Ohio, if they want to do something, and you say, hey, you going to come to church? 
No. Yeah, I'll come to the store with I'll come to church with you. They somehow put the wrong answer first. Am I right about Ohio people? Y'all make fun of me all the time. This is my opportunity. I've got the microphone. I'm going to give you another one. Are you ready for this? It's been a hot minute. Boy, I ain't seen him for a minute. Where I come from, that means 60 seconds. You know what a minute means in Ohio? A long time. Boy, it's been a minute. It's good to see you. It's been a minute. You know what I had to think about when y'all said, well, it's been a minute. I'm thinking, been a minute. Can I preach what I feel for a moment here this morning? Is you know what you need to do with Simon Peter? You just need to wait a minute. I'm not talking about 60 seconds. Just wait a minute. Quit fretting over Simon Peter denying the Lord. Jesus isn't fretting. Jesus just sits back and waits because Simon's gonna come to an understanding. The career doesn't have what I got from Jesus. My past doesn't have what I got from Jesus. Just wait a minute. It's gonna turn around. Come on, jump your feet and help me for a minute. It's gonna turn around. Somebody shout, it's gonna turn around. Look at your neighbor saying, it's not over till it's over. Come on, shout, it's not over till it's over. Come on, Brother Derek, I, I, I'm done. I, I, fit, I preached this message. This is what the Lord would have me to tell you. Just wait a Ohio minute. Look at your neighbor and say, just wait a minute. Quit doubting God. Quit doubting Simon. And just wait a minute. You know why? Because the redeemed are gonna come home. They're gonna return. It's not over yet. Just because it didn't happen in a minute doesn't mean it's not gonna happen in a minute. Somebody shout amen. amen. Quit fretting over Simon Peter. He's got the keys. He's got the call. He's got mercy. He's got it. Just wait. He's going to show up. He might even be praying right now outside this church door saying, God, I don't want to miss my opportunity of ministry. There's meat that I know not of. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout there's meat beyond the career. There's a whole bunch of people that's called of God that's not here yet. They've been here. They're just not here. So what are we going to do in the meantime? We're going to wait a minute. Simon Peter goes to his disciples. He says, I'm going fishing. Well, they ain't heard that term in three and a half years. We're going with you. He goes and unfolds the net. See, when Jesus found them, they were mending some nets, washing their nets. And now Simon Peter's unfolding the net. See, there's people out there that went back because they felt unworthy to do ministry because they denied the Lord and did something such. I think you got the point. They've unfolded the nets. He push on, puts on his fisherman's coat. I need another coat. This is preacher's coat. 
my goodness. I need to grow up. Praise God. He puts on a fisherman's coat. He unfolds the nets. They're on the ship. They fish all night long. <laughs> I know it's a play on words. We're having fun right now, buddy. But it just doesn't fit. Y'all ready for this? You can go back to your old career without God, but it doesn't feel as good as it used to. It's uncomfortable. You trying to override it, do a bunch of stuff, fulfill your time up, but it just doesn't fit. Something's uncomfortable about living without him. Something doesn't feel right. Jesus isn't fretting. He's just waiting a minute. They're out at night trying to catch fish. Some 300 yards away, they look out. There's a man standing there. He didn't say, did you catch anything? I'm going to tell you what he said. He said in John 21, as I close, he said this, children, have ye any meat? He knew what he was saying. He was saying, are you satisfied? He wasn't saying, did you catch any fish? In a roundabout way he was. But what he was saying was, Fishing's not going to satisfy your soul when you were called to be fishers of men. The meat that he's asking of is, are you satisfied? You can make a lot of money and not be satisfied. You can have a full schedule and not be satisfied. You can be loaded down with work and not be satisfied. He said, do you have any meat? Children, do you have any meat? <laughs> he said, all right, are you ready? Cast your nets on the right side. Simon, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Simon, cast your nets. Boy, they cast a net. There were so many fish. 152, I think. And he said, that's the Lord. When Simon Peter did, he jumped in the water and he swam to Jesus with a fisherman's coat on. I drowned in this thing. <laughs> Already are. <laughs> and he says, watch. And he says, Simon, when he gets there, gets to the shoreline there's hot coals on the line and brother Dunlap Jesus is cooking fish what they were trying to find way out there he had waiting on them right here what I say to this church and everybody watching online what's missing in your life
He's got cooking and prepared for you. He's just waiting on you to come to him. He said, come and dine. Come and dine. Come and dine. Come and dine. I don't care how far you've been away. Come and dine. I don't care how long you've been out in the dark. I don't care how long you've toiled. Come and dine. Buster, he's got stuff cooked for you, buddy. He's got, I want you to come up to this altar. He's got it prepared for you. When you were out there trying to find it, God had it cooking for you. There's ministry ahead of you. Sister Tammy, come and stand behind him. Lift your hands, Brother Gladman. There's people all over this building that God has called. God has called. God has called. Come on. I hear Jesus saying, Simon, do you love me? It's right here where he said, do you love me? Three times. He said, feed my lambs. Simon, do you love me? He said, feed my sheep. Simon, do you love me? Feed my sheep. You know what he was saying? Your denying me hasn't stopped you from your destiny. I still want you. And that's the call of God here this morning. God still wants you. I may believe. You're not here by accident. You're here because God called you here today. God called you. God's not done with you. Ups and downs. Man, I feel, I feel a, a touch of his spirit ministering right now. Where are you at? You made some mistakes in the privacy of your life. You thought God's done with you. The devil told you weren't worthy, but the Lord said, get up. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Get up, Simon. I've got something destined for you. Get up. I've got a whole future planned for you. Come on, if you're here today and you've made some mistakes, I want you to come and say, I'm going to go dine with the master. Come on, where are you at? All over the building. If you've ever failed, the devil said you weren't worthy. Won't you come? I mean, you got to run it. I wish there was a Simon Peter would jump off that boat and swim to shore right now. Say, I'm coming to the master. He showed up in my emptiness. He showed up when I wasn't catching anything. He said, I could bless the career. But instead, I've got something greater than the career could ever do. Come on, all over the building, I want you to come. I'm going to wait a minute. I'm going to wait a minute. Come on, your pastor's not giving up on those that's denied the Lord. I'm going to wait a minute. The Lord said, I'm waiting. I'm not replacing you. I'm waiting. I'm not done with you. I'm waiting on you to come and dine. Come and dine with me, he said. Come on, all over this room, I want you to tell the Lord, I'm sorry for doubting.